couple of announcements uh, beyond that. One is that don't forget at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve, December 24th, we'll have our Christmas Eve service here, 5 o'clock. We really encourage you to invite your friends to come to that event. I think that they will be blessed if they do. And the second thing is that Christmas hampers are definitely going on. We, at this point, uh, we did, I sent out an email this week that said we're going to take on one more family than what we originally announced. And so we've decided that we're going to give that family gift cards. And at this point, right now, we're in need of $200 worth of gift cards. So if you haven't yet given to Christmas hampers and you're thinking, oh, I could do something there, then I would love to have you go to Hope this morning and say, Hope, I can do this as far as a gift card. So we're looking for $200 still for Christmas hampers gift cards. And I think those are going to be from Superstore. Is that correct, Hope? Yeah, they're going to be from Superstore. So if you could pick up a Superstore gift card, that would be great. But make sure you tell Hope that you're doing so. We have the wonderful blessing of having J. Don and Mary Lee here again. And we want very much to give J. Don all his time. And so, J. Don, where are you? Oh, right there in white, looking very Ukrainian today. Please come. Let me pray for you quickly. And then we'll have you exhort us and encourage us like you always do. It's such a blessing to have you here. Thank you. It always is. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with my brother this morning as he shares things that have to do with his ministry and the ministry of his lovely wife in that part of the world, God, that has experienced so much in the last year, year and a half, whatever. And it's just been a very difficult time, but you've continued to bless them, and we're looking forward to hearing that this morning. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. All right, first of all, let me say how, what a blessing it is to be here today in Calgary. And uh, I'll straighten that desk so this thing doesn't fall off. Wouldn't want that to happen. Um, Mary Lee and I always feel so very blessed to come and be with you. Uh, Calgary has been such a wonderful help and support to our work and the things that are going on in Ukraine. Uh, this year, like every year, is a little different because we, we experience so many, many different things. Uh, of course, all of you know, or most of you know probably, that we had to get out of Donetsk. And you can see from these pictures the reason we had to get out of Donetsk. It's been quite a war zone. Uh, even though there's not a lot going on in the news about it, it's still having weapons fired and so forth in that area. So it's not a place that we could at all be. But we're thankful that there are still brethren that are living in that area, that are working, that are serving the Lord, and we're very thankful for that. Of course, as a result, we had to get out of Donetsk and we had to leave and go to Kiev. And so we feel like that it's a real blessing that we have been able to leave Donetsk, go to Kiev, and I'm calling this presentation today Amazing Grace. Because it's amazing to see God's grace and how he works in our lives, even through some very difficult times. When we left Donetsk, some of the people there thought, well, Jadon and Mary Lee probably won't be back. Our uh, attitude was, we've got to go back. There's just too many good things going on there, and we need to be a part of those and continue to help to strengthen the brethren. We've also been very humbled at times when we go back and people look at us and say, well, we feel like everything's okay again because Jadon and Mary Lee are back. And it's not us. 
It's God who makes everything okay in spite of very, very difficult circumstances. One of the things that happened in the Paul's life for many, many years was all kinds of difficulties that he had to go through. One of those was a thorn in his flesh, and I don't know exactly what that was. But I love this passage where it talks about where God says to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. And one of the things that Mary and I have discovered is that no matter what's going on, God's grace is sufficient for us. Not only is his grace sufficient, but God's grace also continues to allow things to grow and grow and grow, even though there are difficult times. I like this passage in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15. All of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Sometimes whenever you see difficult things happening, you think, well... How is God going to use this? How is God going to do something in this? But God always does. And even though we may not understand it, and we'll question and wonder, why in the world is this happening? Still we think, wow, God is doing great things. One of the things that's kind of been difficult at times is to look at that building that we had in Donetsk. And it was a wonderful building. We owned two floors of that. We had room to be able to have students live there. We had great classroom situation there. The building is not gone. It's still there. And there have been many refugees that have been able to come to that building and find some solace there. On the outskirts of Donetsk, it's been crazy. Lots of weapons, lots of firing, lots of bombs going off. But in the downtown area where that school building was, it's been pretty safe. Now, there's been times whenever the people that have been living there have had to, you know, get in the hallways, hunker down, and, and the windows would shatter because of the bombing and such. But so far, they've been safe, and they've been very thankful that that building has been there to help provide for them. There's been teaching going on there. There's been people that have been converted even during this war time there. We ended up moving to Kiev, and of course we see that as a, it's a great opportunity. Now, you look at the building there, and you think, wow, look at where they've gone. <laughs> uh, of course, we were only in an apartment on the second floor, and it was a small apartment. And we've been kind of squeezed in doing that. But still, there have been lots of opportunities there that have been a real blessing. Recently, we've been able to find another location. And this is one of the main highways in Kiev. It goes out to the airport. We were, of course, on that side of the highway. And now then, we have found a location that's a little bit larger. And we're moving to this location. And so we're very thankful. In fact, the church that we've been working with there had their first meeting today in that building. And we're very anxious to see how it went. And they've got a lot more room and can, I think, function a lot better. We're very thankful for that. And it'll be a commercial place so we can put up our signage and talk about UBI and have the church signage there as well. And so I think it'll be an even better opportunity than we've had in that small apartment building. 
So we're thankful for what God is doing with that. One of the things that happened when we moved to Kiev is that we started the school again. And when we moved there, we had 14 students. We had two women, 12 men. But this last year, it has been amazing how it's mushroomed. And that's one of the reasons why we've needed a larger facility and more room to grow. Now we have 32 students, 14 women, and 18 men. And I wanted to say thanks to Calgary this morning because a part of the donation that you are giving to the work there is going to not only do some good with refugees and help out people in need, but it's also supporting some students that we have there. And right now, Calgary is involved with this guy's life. His name is Yura. Actually, he just completed school, so you won't be supporting him anymore, but you have been. He's a fabulous guy. Uh, been doing a great work down in a place called Zaporozhye. You've been helping another guy by the name of Sergey. He's kind of hidden back in there, but he's a wonderful young man and uh, doing a great job in school and speaking whenever he speaks. Uh, you've been helping a young man by the name of Vlad. His mother went through UBI years ago. Now he's in UBI. And then there's a couple. Her name is Mila, and his name is Sergey. And Calgary's been helping to support those students. So we just want to say thank you. We appreciate so much you helping us. But this is the kind of growth that's been taking place that's been so exciting there. This is a picture of our ladies. Mary Lee had them in our home recently before we came back. And uh, they just enjoy coming to our home, Mary Lee feeding them. They feel like it's a holiday when they come to our home. And so it's been a real blessing. And then this is a picture of our men at UBI, along with uh, some of our staff and teachers. Uh, So it's great to see these men training to be preachers of the gospel and it's a real blessing to have this many students in our school we have with this 32 students that's about maximum of what we can handle financially Uh, we have to financially help the students usually about two hundred dollars a month Uh, sometimes if they need extra for their uh, where they're going to live another fifty dollars a month but it's a joy to be able to have them I said we were going to do Amazing Grace, so I had the students sing Amazing Grace for you in Ukrainian. So we'll turn the volume up. sounds a little different from the way you sing it as far as the word wording is concerned but they're singing it in Russian and uh, it's it's really a blessing but we am looking at all of what's happening there have really said this is indeed amazing amazing grace one of the things that we're doing this year and are uh, we are videoing video recording a lot of our classes and putting them up on the internet they will be able to be received and, and, and looked at in all of the different Slavic countries that are there, including Russia. And so we're trying to do that. This particular guy that's speaking right there, 
uh, is Dino Russo's from Athens, Greece. He was teaching that class. So we enjoy having visiting teachers come in from time to time as they share the Word of God with our students. This is an interesting situation that we've had. I've never had this one before, but it's, uh, it was interesting. The preacher from the Obalone congregation in Kiev came to me one day and he says, my father-in-law has been in the Pentecostal church and the Pentecostal church is very, very, very legalistic. And their preacher left and he said, we would love for him to come to the school and preach down there at this Pentecostal church and we could train him and it would be a wonderful thing. And I normally have not done this but I, because I've never really been asked, but said, you bet, let's get this guy in the school. He's in the school now. He's having a wonderful time. He's learning about freedom in Christ. He's learning about so many different things that are wonderful. He goes back and preaches every, uh, every Lord's Day. His wife came up to visit one day and her son, and they came in to my office, and they said, oh, thank you for letting him come to the school here. said, he's just growing so much. And she said, as soon as you get back, we want you to come and preach for our church there. And she said, I think we'll probably just change the name. And uh, so it will probably be a Church of Christ one of these days. And, but it, it's an opportunity to share with them. Uh, and so we're very thankful for that opportunity. Of course, we've also started a new congregation in Kiev. On the area where we, have li- uh, we live, there was no congregation. And so we felt like it was important. There was at one time a congregation there. It was called the Harkivska Congregation. And uh, these were some of the members that were there. After the the preacher that was there, the missionary that was there, it kind of dissipated to some degree. And some of those people started going to other places. They're thrilled to now have the congregation back in their area. And this was one of the pictures that we took after a service in church. And there was several of those people from the congregations, different congregations, that other congregation. And they're delighted to have that there. We're really growing in this congregation. We started out with 23 in the congregation. And some of the last Sundays that we were there, uh, our auditorium that we have there would seat about 50. We had about 65 there. And people were sitting in the hallway in the back and some standing in the hallway in the back. And so that was really one of the reasons why we really needed to find a larger facility to be able to help all these people and help them to be able to come to church and have a place to sit and uh, receive help and the Word of God. So that was a reason for it. One of the things that we've been doing regularly that's really helped to increase the numbers is we've been working a lot with refugees. These refugees are coming to church, they are receiving help, and they're, many of them, studying the Word of God with us. It's a great, great opportunity. Here was one of the ladies that came. Her name was Irina. Irina came because she needed help desperately. Uh, she had come from Donetsk. Her home had been, their home had been bombed. Their car had been bombed. They basically lost everything, came to Kiev, and had been living together as a family in one room there. And they needed help desperately. The first Sunday she came, she came and she cried the whole time. I mean... She had talked to us about her situation, but tears were just rolling down her eyes. The next Sunday, she came back, and she had the biggest smile on her face. She said, I couldn't wait to come back. I've never met people like you before. And so she uh, then brought her husband. His name is Yvonne. Uh, Her 
whole family has come some. There, of course, we're trying to reach out to all of these people. And after the services, they receive help. And we have an opportunity to sit and visit with them, teach them in the Word of God, set up studies, and have lots of opportunities to preach and teach these people that are needing help. We work together with these refugees after the services. We pray with them. We study with them. We do all kinds of things to try to help them, not only physically, but spiritually. And so it's a tremendous opportunity. We receive boxes continually from different places and locations. We so are uh, thankful for the supplies that are sent. Uh, these refugees definitely need clothes, especially children's clothes. So we're very thankful for that. It gives us an opportunity in Kiev now to be able to work with a lot of the different local congregations. And we're very thankful to have those opportunities. <coughs> Several occasions I've been able to go to these congregations and teach classes or preach. And it's a blessing to be able to help them. But there are growing churches in other parts of Ukraine that we're very excited about. Uh, some of our students have been doing a wonderful, wonderful job. Some of our graduates doing a, an incredible job as well. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Mary Lee and I went to Zaporozhye. And this was the congregation in Zaporozhye. The guy that uh, is in the seat right here, his name is Yura. This is his wife, Yulia. Uh, Yura is a, a great preacher. He's doing a great job. He's gone through the school. He's finished the school. Like I said, y'all have been helping him some with his, his uh, needs. And in a year and a half, look where they are today. The growth has just been absolutely phenomenal, amazing. And a lot of it's come because people have been displaced from their homes, they're refugees, they're looking both for physical help, but they're really looking for spiritual help. They're looking for God. God does amazing things when there's troubles in the world. Another congregation is in Poltava. And this is one of our graduates. Uh, we've talked about him a number of times before, and his wife and child. The first Sunday they met in Poltava, that was the group that met. There had been disagreements in Poltava. The church had split into four different uh, groups. It was a sad, sad situation. <laughs> our brother, he went to these different uh, families, talked to them and said, this is crazy, we don't need to be doing this. We need to be together, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ together. And so he's been getting them back together. So in Poltava, now that's what we have. Plus refugees that are uh, being taught, that are being baptized into Christ. It's a phenomenal thing that's happening there. The church and the growth is, I mean, church growth is just wonderful again in Ukraine. And we're not always thankful for the war, but always realize that God uses it through his amazing grace. We did a survey of 25 of our students and graduates just before I left. Over the last year, just in those 25 people, there have been 12,100 people that have been helped in some way. Now this just tells me something as I look at some of these statistics. You know, we may have to help a lot of people, but as a result of that, there are going to be some people that become interested in hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to always be willing to help and the number of people that actually have been talked to about Christ 
either one time or more than one time have been about 6,500. You don't convert every single one of them. But they've baptized 127 into Christ. This is last year, just these 25 that were surveyed. So you can kind of see how we have to work. We have to go out and talk to people. We have to reach people. We have to invite people. We have to help people. And some are going to come to Jesus Christ as a result. And we're very thankful for that. And there's still some good works going on back in the war zone in Donetsk. Uh, as I mentioned, several of the people have been living in the old school building that we had down there. This is some of those people. They'll get together and they'll eat together. <coughs> they'll have devotions together. They'll talk about Christ together. And, of course, we have new sisters and brothers in Christ as a result of that. This is in the old teacher's apartment. And there was a big bathtub in there. So it was a great place to have a baptism. This is one of the congregations in a place called Hartzisk. It's behind the lines. Uh, this is one of our brothers who's a, uh, one of our graduates. And he's preaching there. And they're doing a great work, even though there's a lot of trouble and struggle there. There are also some new opportunities that have opened up to us in Kiev that probably wouldn't have happened had we still been in Donetsk. One of the opportunities that we've had is to be able to meet with the people from the University of Education Management. This university is a prestigious university. It's a very important university. They are very interested in helping teachers learn how to not only teach, but to incorporate Christian principles and Christian ideas into the present system. And so it's exciting to be able to do that. We were able to visit with them and talk to them. This is Bob Burkle meeting with them as well. He's the president of Eastern European Missions. And they're very involved in getting us into different places to teach Christian ethics, character counts, those kind of things, and really make an impact in all of Ukraine as a result of that. They have the possibility of helping us get into every school with materials in Ukraine. There's been a lot of material that's already been spread in Ukraine, but they have the help of being able to do that. I was able to speak at one of their conferences. It was a uh, neat time to be able to be with them, reach out to m other people. Uh, not only that, they had representatives there, not only from Ukraine, but also from Austria. So it's given us more opportunities to meet more people from the European community as well. Uh, this is a class that I was teaching on cre uh, Christian ethics and... Uh, what we're doing with this is training teachers so that they can go into the schools and teach Christian ethics in the schools. They're open totally to that. They're open to us teaching Christian ethics with the Bible in the schools. They want to change Ukraine. And that's the way to do it, I believe, by getting in and teaching the children Christian ethics and helping them to know Christ. This was a time when we went to meet with some of the people that work with Eastern European missions. This woman by the name of Irina. Irina is uh, one of the instructors, uh, teachers. She has a doctor's degree that works at that university. The booklet that is here is a booklet on character that has been produced by Eastern European missions. It's been written by one of our sisters in the United States. But Irina has now co-written it, so her name and an American's name will be on this material. 
so it will be easier to get it spread throughout Ukraine with a Ukrainian's name and American's name on, on the booklet. It's just going to be a big advantage to that. So we're delightful, delighted that they're able to, to help us get this done. And we will work closely with them in trying to get this material into all of the schools in Ukraine, if possible. But the opportunity is there. This happens to be a picture from the EEM distribution warehouses. They have also moved to Kiev. They were down in Donetsk. They've moved to Kiev. But it, it really is a place where a lot of distribution can take place. Uh, it's, a, it's a great place. I want to tell you this story, kind of a uh, couple of stories to kind of conclude today. And that is the story of this woman. Her name was Irina. She was from the town of Gorlovka. Gorlovka was away from Donetsk. It's also been one of those cities that's been bombed a lot. There have been a lot of people that have had to move out of there. And she came one day because she also needed some help and needed some supplies. Well, of course, we started talking to her and different ones in the congregation started talking to her. And immediately they made a connection with this woman because two of our members of the church that are also students at the school are from Gorlovka. And so immediately there was a bond. We're from the same place. We're from the same town. They started studying with her. The guys that started studying her were Victor and Lena. They were from Gorlovka. And so she was very open to hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Very open because her life had been in turmoil. And now she's come to Kiev and is trying to rebuild her life. And of course, we see the amazing grace as she's baptized into Christ. As she becomes a part of our family in Kiev. And she's blessed there. She's been at church every Sunday. You see her with a great big smile on her face. She loves to hug everyone. She is just so delighted to be a child of God now. It's made an incredible difference in her life. Another woman that I wanted to tell you a little bit briefly about is a woman by the name of Tamara. Tamara has worked for us at UBI for several years. This is Tamara. Uh, she came through the school. She's a graduate of the school. She lived out on a part of Donetsk that was being heavily bombed. One night, she was at the school, and her grandchildren were with her at the school. They were going to go back home that night, and it got a little bit too late, and she decided instead of going in the dark, they would just stay there at the school that night. That night, her house was bombed. Uh, an artillery shell came through her roof, into the bedroom where she and her grandchildren would have been for the night. She was so thankful, and we have been so thankful that God's amazing grace had protected her. She didn't get killed. She, you know, is still alive. Her neighbors would come to her, though, and her neighbors would say to her, Tamara, you know, you're, you're a godly woman. We see you at church. You're going to church all the time, and we, we talk to you about the Lord, and... Oh, that's terrible that God would let something bad like this happen to you. Tamara didn't see that as a problem. She saw that as an opportunity. She said, you know what? Bad things sometimes happen to good people. But she said, one of the blessings that I have is that I belong to the body of Christ. And I have brothers and sisters that will help me through this. 
She came to Kiev. We were able to give her $3,000 to help her put her roof back on her house and begin to get her house back in shape. But the beautiful thing is that the brothers in the church came over. They put the roof on her house. They've been building her house back. The neighbors have been seeing all of these guys working. And she says to her neighbors, they're coming and they're not charging me anything to do this work. They're just helping me because this is the way God's people are. And she's just thrilled to see the progress that's being made on her house in getting it back in shape. But she's telling her neighbors about what Christians do in our lives. When we have people that support us, encourage us, help us, that's what the church is all about. And Christ is using this as a blessing as Tamara is able to tell her neighbors about Jesus. That's the way it needs to happen with all of us, you know. It doesn't, we don't always have everything perfect in our lives. Sometimes bad things do happen to good people. But God is still with us. And our brothers and sisters are still with us. And they help us. And they encourage us. And they strengthen us. And yes, if need be, help rebuild. So we're very thankful for Tamara and her story. Tamara also comes to Kiev regularly. We send money back down to her through her because the banks are all closed in, in Donetsk. She takes it back and she helps the orphanages and helps different people that are there. And some of the ones that we've been helping for, for many years, that's still going on. She's also been helping us by moving furniture from the school up to Kiev so that we can use it up there. The DNR, the people that are in control in Donetsk right now, don't want any companies moving out of Donetsk. So she's been helping get the stuff out as if it's her household goods. I said there's a little bit of espionage that ends up going on here. But she's been helping us get that done. And we're so thankful for her, for her life, for all that she's doing for the cause of Christ. This is in front of the new building that we've got in Kiev. It's costing us a lot more money to deal with all of this, but we're very thankful that uh, God is going to use that, I think, to be a real blessing. Just very briefly, let me just tell you what our financial situation is in, in Kiev right now. When we were in Donetsk, we owned the building. We had a place for students to stay. All of our staff had their own homes and houses to stay in. They owned them, so there was no cost for that. Now then, we're having salaries and taxes about $5,000 a month. Utilities, $1,400 a month. Building rental in Kiev, $1,800 a month. Rent for staff and visiting teachers uh, housing, $1,600 a month. Rent and student housing, $2,100 a month. And the school running cost, general cost, is about $500. So presently, we have a total con uh, income of about $5,000. $700 and a total monthly need of about $13,200. So we're running short right now. So that's one of the reasons why we're over here uh, again raising funds. We need monthly an additional $7,500. So pray about that need, please. I know that many of you have given to the work and helped with the work in, in so many ways. We're very thankful for that. But we need your hair prayers as we go out and we continue to work and raise funds. Now I want to play just a little small last video just expressing the idea of the amazing grace of God.
just watch this, listen, and think about the grace of God and how it's also working in your life as well.